Welcome to the Happiness Drive Success Podcast, brought to you by Motivate Coaching, the multidiscipline practice for extraordinary people. Here, we discuss finding your happiness and how you can use it to drive your success. Please welcome your host, co-founder, CEO, and master of discovering happiness, Stuart Isham Fairbairns. Hello, wonderful, beautiful, fantastic people. How are we today? I hope you're all well, my very, very good friends. I want to share a topic with you today. This is a flash in the pan podcast. This is going to be a quick one. We're looking at about 10 minutes here. So this is just one to kind of dive in, give you a bit of, to provoke some thought. And what I want to talk about, the topic I want to cover is emotional happiness. Um, So we're looking at focus into happiness, but I really want to have just a quick look at emotional happiness. So the first statement I want to make is that your emotional happiness is within your control. And it absolutely is for everybody. Now, in previous podcasts, I have referenced a a structure or modality, a formula, if you will, uh, which you probably all know well anyway. I'm sure you do, all loyal listeners of my podcast. (laughs) Welcome, my friends. I love having you here. Um, I love sharing this stuff with you. It gets me so excited. So it's the structure of thoughts create emotions and emotions create action. So thoughts into emotion into action. Okay. So this is a really useful formula because what we can do is we can use it at any point. And this is how I really enjoy using it, is that if you are, let's say, go to the far end of, the, of, the, of this model, if there is a behavior that you're performing that you don't necessarily uh, admire or like within yourself, and you don't really understand why you're doing it, if you're completely honest with yourself, I mean, frequently we can be in the moment and we can react to something, blah, and we react. And we might feel that our behavior was justified, but... At a later date, we might realize that we upset someone or it caused an issue or we feel upset within ourselves or something. It's to feel, think, with, think to yourself, when you performed that action, now work backwards in the model, what emotion were you feeling? What emotion was going on in your body? And to take that a bit further, where were you feeling it in your body? Was it in your gut? Was it in your mind? Was it in your left big toe? <laughs> where, where is the feeling originating from? This investigation doesn't need to be a hard and fast uh, step-by-step process. Purely by going through this psychological process of reassessing and and, and investigating where the emotion came from, you will get clarity on what it was that was happening within yourself. Once you have the sort of feeling that you were feeling and you can kind of tap into it and remember what it felt like, what thoughts were you thinking when you felt the feeling? What were the thoughts that were going on in your mind? And it could be some, you know, something happened and you reacted and blah, as I demonstrated earlier on. And the thought could be, it's so unfair. This situation, this thing happens. You know, this person does that and it just infuriates me. What that leads on to is um, Brooke Castillo, a coach I hugely admire. No doubt you've heard of her. Has a fantastic podcast. And she talks about manuals and how we all create manuals for people. So in our lives, like a husband or wife is a great example. So for our partner, we create manuals. And these manuals are things that are expected behaviors from our perspective of what we feel is the right way to behave, to conduct yourself, be it from respect, be it gestures, be it whatever it may be. We have these expectations. But what we don't ever do is share these manuals with our partners. So if you, but in saying that, sharing this manual with your partner, with your expectations is not right and it's not fair because 
whilst we can have expectations and there are of course standards in society and things that we need to do you know wearing clothes going to work for a start is probably sensible you know it's an expectation manners at the dinner table and don't rob banks and you know be an upstanding citizen and these are sort of base structures within society that are expected yes but expecting your husband or wife to always take the bin out and when they don't getting really angry at them is just really silly unless you've got a structure in place where there's an agreement and but the point is that when someone's behavior external to us influences our internal reactions thus our feelings and going back to the model we're now feeling that emotion that then informs our actions so we feel hurt so then we might lash out we might say something we might do something negative now in that moment if you were to think about if you find yourself reacting, you can think, right, what was I feeling? I was feeling hurt. I was feeling let down. I was feeling frustrated and angry. What was the thought? Well, the thought was that you're supposed to do that. Okay, so now take that further. So who agreed that that person was supposed to do that? Is it a construct that's just within your mind? Has it been shared? Has it been discussed? And more, most importantly, why is it affecting you so much? We cannot allow our emotions to throw us all over the place. And we have complete control over that by controlling our thoughts. So I'm gonna give you an example to kind of bring this together. So in my life, I had a, a boss is another good example of the kind of relationship where there's a, a kind of give and take and you know, uh, there's an expectation. And within a work scenario, um, you know, there's obviously expectations within a role and there's KPIs, KPAs, there's measurements, there's all that stuff in place. But when it comes to actual sort of individual behaviors, then let's say it might be about along the lines of respect or so forth. Um, this is where we can get into that kind of emotional entanglement. And in my experience or experience I've had over the years is I had a boss at one time who I'm quite a strong person. I, I you know, I, I pride myself on my abilities to tap into my emotional self and also have the resilience to really use my thought processes to um, you know, construct and healthy emotions and thus actions and cognizant of that. But the, in this particular scenario, I slipped on that, <laughs> um, still early in the days of the learning. And um, this boss just made me feel the enormous anxiety. And it built up over two, three years of working to the stage where I actively, my behavior was to avoid this person at every cost. I tried so hard to get out of catch-ups. Now, we had catch-up meetings every week where I had to report in what was happening, where we were at. And in these meetings, I felt that they were just a total waste of time because we're just going over stuff that's already been sorted and that already frustrated me. And then secondly, the way that this person, my boss was reacting, completely tore me apart. It just broke down my self-esteem, my construct, my, my understanding of self, of, of you know, my, my appreciation for what was the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do. And I got so confused and it just led to this incredible world of anxiety and it, it, it got so bad I had to confront it at some point. And but yet in that confrontation, I didn't know how to resolve it. I wasn't yet versed with understanding this control that we can have over our emotional, our deep internal feelings. Now, what I had realized I had done is that in the context of these sessions that we were having each week, I had thought of every, and unconsciously, I had thought of every dark horror movie and <laughs> swirling evil bad thing I could think of and I kind of lumped it all in this pile so when it came to having these catch-up sessions prior to them I would get like you know 
soft, you know, a soft tummy and I would get, you know, I would get feel ill. I would like start shaking and freaking out and just like, what is going on here? This is nuts. Like chatting with wonderful Stacy, my beautiful wife. I'm just trying to work this out. And it's like, why is it just, it's taken over so much of my life and it's become so huge. So I had to do something about it because it was actually, you know, I was getting worried it was becoming medically relevant because I'm feeling my heart beating in my chest and like, oh gosh, all these new feelings. And, you know, I'm a young man, so it's like, it shouldn't be, shouldn't be like, well, it shouldn't be like this either way, whether you're young or otherwise. Um, so um, I went to this model. Thoughts equals emotions equals actions. Okay, cool. So I am feeling anxiety, depression. I'm acting irrationally and... You know, my physical self is panicking, freaking out, blood pressure's increasing. So what thoughts am I thinking? And I realized that the thoughts I was associating with the entire process was that it was horrible, it was fearful. I was expecting to go into something that was going to make me feel pain. So I was putting up every barrier possible. And, you know, all the evil dragons and witches and all the things that were coming to get me, I was prepared with bows and arrows and guns pointing. <laughs> you get where I'm going with this. And what I tried to do is, okay, I need to reframe this. If I know that thoughts inform emotions and the emotions that I'm feeling are anxiety, what thoughts can I feel to turn this around? So I thought, okay, if I was a boss, which I was, and I, I managed big teams, but in the, at, at that, that time, as a boss, what is it that I expect to, if for me as the boss, when I'm having meetings with my team, what, would, what do they want me to be? What do they want the session to be like? And I thought it needs to be, inspiring it needs to be supportive it needs to be problem solving it needs to be helpful it needs to be positive solution orientated you know it's, it's not about pointing out negatives it's about identifying where things might have slipped and working together to how we can pull it bring it back in but not spoon feeding but just giving enough information to spark that you know that uh, that, that, that the, the solution leaving the ownership in the hands of the individual and stuff like that and things that i really love being a boss i love leading people it's you know i really enjoy it and that's what I want to be. So, okay, so how can I reframe this? Because I imagine that's what my boss is imagining they're bringing to these sessions. Uh, why would they bring anything else? I mean, perhaps if they're a complete tyrant, maybe not. But either which way, I need to control what's going on here. So I say to myself, right, I'm going to reframe them and call them inspiration sessions. So in my diaries, digital diaries, physical diaries, everywhere I put my reminders. And I put, I call, change the title of them to catch-ups. Um, you know, and the whole association I put with the words there and called it inspiration sessions. Now, I also prepared with what, you know, the sort of the, the trends of how conversations had gone. I kind of identified my thought processes and what I expected and went through, okay, flip it on its head. Let's make it creative. Let's make it more positive. Let's not, let's choose in a moment where something's said that perhaps I've misunderstood it. Perhaps I need to think about it afterwards. And I would just keep an open mind and go into the sessions and when something was said that sparked a feeling within me, I didn't sit, react in any way. I tried to realize, okay, well, that's interesting. Let's just have a look. I felt that feeling inside myself. So what's the thought I'm, what thought I'm thinking? Um, what about was that? And I can realize that the thought I was thinking was going to lead to a negative action. So take control. Now, that, about two months after I'd done that, the sessions became easy. I wasn't freaked out at all. I couldn't be further from the anxiety and, and the depression. It was the total opposite. I felt so strong and confident. In actual fact, that, that led to actually that becoming an amicable relationship with that individual. And I had just built such an enormous mess for myself purely because 
I had just not taken the time to understand that my thoughts of making a negative situation were creating negative inf uh, emotions, which then created complete and utter freak out, i.e. negative behaviors. So the point is we have control over our emotional happiness. So whenever you feel, that, you, know, you know, you've got an anxiety within yourself, a fear, whenever you've got something that, that comes up, think about the thoughts that associate with it. Think about what it is that you're doing. And going back to the manuals thing is if you have expectations from other individuals and when they don't perform those behaviors you want them to, there should be nothing external to us that informs or controls our emotions. Only we should be controlling them. So take control. Would you not want to feel emotionally happy more of the time? The only way that's going to happen is if you identify when that's not the case and have a think about what it is that you're thinking and how much control do you have in that moment? How much effort are you putting in to control your thoughts? We have between 40 and 60,000 thoughts a day as the average human being. It's a lot of thoughts. There's no way you're going to catch all of them. If your thoughts run a million miles an hour and you can't actually stop and identify anyone, you know, imagine you're standing beside a motorway and vehicles are moving so fast down the road that it's just a blur and you can't focus on anyone. There's some great techniques to help slow that traffic down so that you can really start identifying individual vehicles. And one of the really good practices is meditation. Do it for 10 minutes a day. There's great apps out there. I use Calm is a really good app. There's other ones, Insight Timer and Headspace and other brilliant apps that just can help out and either guide it or not. And it can really help you just start to declutter the motorway. And when you start identifying individual thoughts, you realize that there was no blur. It was just feelings of anxiety and fear that were creating blur between vehicles and making it look like there was a constant stream, when in actual fact it isn't. And there are actually very clear, concise vehicles going past, clear, concise thoughts going past. And if you look at each one, you can choose what color the bodywork is, how many doors it has, what size the engine is, where it's driving to, i.e. you can control your thoughts. And there that has a knock-on effect to your emotions and a knock-on effect to your behavior. Take control of your life. Take control of your emotional happiness. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of that little diatribe for today. I hope that really resonated with you. If you have any questions, please bring them to the Facebook page. Again, uh, there is one for Motivate Coaching, uh, but there's also a group called Your Happy Place. Uh, if you want to come and join the tribe, join the community, please do. We're a beautiful community of people who are just sharing insights, helping each other out, asking questions, answering questions, just exploring how we can be happier. So come, be happier, share your brilliance. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. I love this podcast. It's such a great process for me, and I really hope that you're getting value out of it too. Have a top, 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 the toppest banana day. I love you very much, my friends, and uh, keep smiling. Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested in learning more, go to the Motivate website at www.motivate-coaching.com. If you'd like to get in touch with Stuart directly, you can get him at Stuart, spelled S-T-U-A-R-T, at motivate-coaching.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and remember, your happiness drives your success. See you next time, folks.